This winter, the Mariners added another star to an outfield already boasting the reigning AL Rookie of the Year and add in Jared Kelnick's red-hot spring training and just how much better could the outfield get? Let's talk about it. Colby, stop doing the thing and hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Colby's trying to make me crack. What can I say? It is Friday, March 24th, 2023. This is Tiding Gonzalez and Colby Patton for the Lockdown Mariners podcast brought to you by FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon by scanning the QR code right above my head. The link as well as our social accounts is also in the description below. And on the show today, we're wrapping up our position preview series for the 2023 Mariners by looking at their outfield, which, of course, features the reigning AL Rookie of the Year, reigning AL Silver Slugger, Julio Rodriguez, who had an amazing year at 21 years old, 284, 345, 509 was his triple slash line. That's a 146 WRC+. plus. He was worth 5.3 F4 with 28 home runs, 75 RBI, and 25 steals. And all of these numbers, Colby, believe it or not, could have been a lot better because he had a dreadful month of April, which wasn't entirely his fault because of the way that Major League Baseball umpires were uh, handling his strike zone, uh, to put it lightly. And then, of course, he had the wrist thing that flared up after the home run derby. He missed time with that and then had the back thing that flared up in Oakland and pretty much missed the end of the regular season uh, with that. But again, incredible season. Nonetheless, he wins rookie of the year. He wins a silver slugger in his first year. And really, the question that comes to mind here for me is just how much better can he be in 2023 assuming he stays healthy of course we we always have to add that caveat for all these guys that we talk about but colby just how much better do you think julio can be this year as opposed to last year not much except a lot Mm. um because you never put anything past julio uh yeah you take away april which i know you can't do blah 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 let's save the the argument down in the comments on that uh the dude was essentially mookie betts from may until the end of the season yeah um and mookie betts is what the fifth or sixth best player in all of baseball uh so yeah yeah, i mean if julio just does that all year i guess i guess maybe that's a little better um, but you know, you, you look, there are some things he can tweak. Uh, he could walk a little bit more. Uh, we've seen, we saw him expand the zone a little bit. Um, the strikeout rate is it's, it's a little high, uh, from where you want it to be, although it did get a little bit better throughout the year. Uh, and obviously, you know, he ended up with like 12, uh, caught looking strikeouts that should have been ball three or four. Uh, it was, it was an absurd number. So yeah, the strikeout rate will take care of itself, I think. Um, but yeah, there are times where Julio, uh, and just just some moments where Julio overswings, where he tries to, uh, you know, hit the big home run when it's not really needed. And, and it's not that Julio never came up big, uh, you know, when they needed him to. He did throughout the year, but there were definitely times where he was pressing. And, and I think we even saw that in the World Baseball Classic this year where Julio just he has to find a way to um, it, it, com- it comes from a good place, but he has to find a way to kind yeah. of 
lower the heart rate a little bit in these big moments. He wants to be the guy. He wants to be, and and that's good. He's not shying away from it. It's just, it does look like sometimes he overswings. Sometimes he tries to hit the nine run homer and it's just like, dude, you just gotta, you just gotta be Julio. So I think there are some small things that he can work on that will have an overall big impact for the most part. If he just stays healthy or, than he was last year. If he doesn't get suspended for literally no reason for a game in the middle of the, of the summer, that would yeah. help too. Um, but yeah, my expectation is for Julio is that he's probably going to be a top five, you know, most valuable player type of guy and maybe even win it this year. Uh, I think he's going to steal, you know, 25 bags. I really don't think we're going to get to 40, 40. I think mm. as Julio continues to get better at the plate, the Mariners are going to ask him to run less uh, just as, you know, a way to preserve um, but I still think he's going to, you know, steal 20, 25 bags. I think he's going to hit 30 home runs this year, at least, yeah. uh, again, assuming health. And, and I would expect that the defense is actually going to be a little bit better too. Uh, and it's just, it's so hard to say, like he can get better at this, this, and this, because when you start to add all the little ways he can get better, he's Mike Trout. Yeah. <laughs> and like to, to kind of say that Julio has to be Mike Trout to meet expectations is, is unfair. Yeah, one but, could argue that this uh, would be a, a you know something that we should say for our bold prediction show, but nothing with Julio is really a bold prediction because the dude could do anything that he wants mm-hmm. to. So I'll just say this: I think he's going to be a forty thirty guy this year. I think because of the bigger bases, I think he is going to be encouraged to uh, steal a little bit more uh, as long as he stays healthy. Because that was really the thing, right? He was stealing a bunch of bases, then he injures the wrists, and then the back thing flares up, and all that. And they were mm-hmm. like, okay calm down like we we need you to dial it back here because we need you healthy for the for the postseason but i think uh 40 home runs 30 stolen bags i think that's happening this year for julio i would i would like to see the mariners give julio 10 to 15 dh days this year too that'd be cool yeah uh you know maybe he only needs to play center field 120 times instead of 140 yeah, I think that I think that would be a nice little way to help him uh avoid the il too but yeah that's with julio that's all it is just stay healthy man if Julio stays healthy, he's going to produce. It's really that simple. Yeah, we saw him try to swing out of his shoes in the mm-hmm. game three of the ALDS after he made the big catch and all that. Wasn't right. able to do anything with that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's just sometimes the moment does get a little bit too big for him, I guess. Uh, maybe not too big for him, but he just, he, he maybe he gets too yeah. big for the moment, <laughs> you know? He tries to get too big for the moment. Yeah. I, and I, he's, I, he's 21. Yeah, so I, like, I think that's a better way of putting it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And he's 21 years old. Well, he's 22 He'll get it figured years old out. now, but. Yeah. Well, he uh, was last year, but yeah. he'll get it figured out. I'm not worried about it. And we know he's going to play in more big games. We the WBC this year, probably the playoffs. Uh this, you know, this October, he's going to get better at that. So I'm I'm not worried right. and yeah, it's just for Julio, don't expand the zone in those big moments as much as you have. Yeah. Find a way to kind of cut the strikeout rate by another 2-3% yeah. and just stay healthy and he's going to he's going to be a top 5 uh MVP vote type of guy year in and year out. So the biggest splash the Mariners made this offseason was acquiring Teoscar Hernandez from the Toronto Blue Jays for Eric Swanson and Adam Mako. And Teoscar, of course, has been one of the best hitters in all of baseball for the last three seasons. A little bit of a down year when you look at the overall numbers in 2022, but that was mostly because he was hampered by an injury early on in the season. And then for the rest of the year, once he came back from the injury, he was another Julio Rodriguez at the plate. He ends up slashing 267, 316. 491 uh, with a 129 WRC plus. That's a 2.4 F4 player, which was the uh, uh, little bit of a decline from 2021. He was a 4.3 F4 player uh, that year. Uh, he ends up playing 131 games, 25 home runs, 77 RBI, six stolen bases, 
struck out 28.4% of the time, walked 6.4% of the time. Uh, obviously not a great defender. He's incredibly athletic, just not a good defender. Um, and the last time we saw him, he, he was uh, taking Robbie Ray deep, not just once, but twice in game two of the AL wildcard series. And then watched as his future team made one of the greatest comebacks in Major League Baseball playoff history. Uh, so now he, uh, he joins the right side of things. And uh, I'm really excited to, to see him because he's, you know, living up in Toronto, he's, he's been one of my favorite non-Mariners in baseball. And I feel like every time I've gone to see the Blue Jays play in person, he's homered. Uh, so he's just, he's been kind of one of those guys that I've just always noticed. And now he's ours. And I'm really stoked about that. So uh, let's talk about your expectations, though, for Tay Oscar in, in 2023. What do you think? Yeah, it's kind of similar to Julio. Not so much what I expect from him, but just kind of the formula for him. Stay a little bit healthier, cut down on the strikeouts a little bit, walk a little bit more, and he's going to be an all-star. Like, I, I, Tail's the guy who might get some, like, you know, down ballot, 10th, 11th place uh, votes uh, for the MVP and stuff like that because he hits the ball hard, and he hits it hard more often than just about every other a hitter, you know, in, in baseball. So it really is just, you know, can you get that strikeout rate right down around 25%? Can you stay healthy? Because from June one to the end of the year, his numbers are essentially Julio Rodriguez's season long stat line. Like we're talking within one or two points in every single category. Um, and we saw what he can do in the playoffs. He crushes lefties. He's very good against righties. Um, and I, I actually do think that he might have, the Mariners might be able to help him unlock some defensive value. He's never mm-hmm. going to be great out there, mm-hmm. but I think that the Mariners are really good at positioning uh, and they're really good at, you know, reading the analytics and understanding the strength of their outfielders. And they extract extra defensive value from most of their outfielders, not named Jesse Winker. Um, and, and, who, and by, and, the, the, by the way, I'm glad that you mentioned him because let's just get this out of the way. Right. Tay Oscar is not a good defender, but, Jesse Winker makes him look like Mookie Betts. Yes. So. He'll be fine. He's yeah. he's better than Mitch Haniger. I'll say that even too. Um, and you know what? He's available. So I wouldn't be shocked if he went out there and he put up, you know, the 2021 Mitch Haniger season. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if it was, uh, you know, 280, 340, 510, 520, 30 home runs, 35 home runs, 35 doubles. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is that type of guy, and, and I think he's in for another four-win season. I, just Taylor is just too good of a hitter. Um, and last year, there was a very easy explanation to explain why the numbers were a little bit down across the board. All right, so let's talk about the man that everyone in the Mariners fandom can't seem to stop talking about this spring, and for good reason, because he's had an incredible spring. He's been one of the best hitters in all of baseball this spring, Stuart Kelnick. Is this finally, finally the year we see a breakout from Kelnick, who's been off, who's gotten off to one of the worst starts to any major league career of any player, uh, no matter the age. Uh, we'll talk about that in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Ultimate Baseball GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an MLB GM and managing your professional baseball franchise? Well, your dream can come true, and this game is definitely for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and staff, managing team finances, scouting and drafting players, managing difficult personalities, navigating your franchise 
guys through free agency and all the ups and downs of a season. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want. It's basically the Jerry Depoto simulator. So instead of saying chills, Depoto did it again. You can now say chills. I did it again. Download it now. And Locked On Mariners listeners get a 100% free boost to, to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up on the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com. Ultimate Baseball GM, start your dynasty today. This episode of Locked On Mariners is also brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. And while the Mariners have officially sold out of tickets for opening day, you can still make it to the ballpark and watch Luis Castillo versus Shane Bieber for as low as $30 on the Game Time app. So forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem promo code locked on mlb for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed and you're listening to the locked on mariners podcast thank you again for making us your first listen as we preview the outfield for the 2023 uh, 2023 seattle mariners i'm skipping all over all of my words here uh over the last couple of minutes uh jerry kelnick has been uh, a disappointment, to say the least, uh, over the first few uh, couple of years of his major league career, uh, career, obviously was the top prospect in the Mariners' farm system. Uh, we even had him ahead of Julio Rodriguez for quite some time when we were, you know, podcasting over at Soto Mojo and doing our own thing over at Control the Zone. Um, that obviously has not gone that way so far at the major league level, but Kelnick. For now, seems improved. He's had a fantastic spring, as we mentioned. Uh, everyone's talking about him. We know that in a corner, he's been a great defender, uh, especially in, in right field, but he's going to be playing in left this year uh, to start the season, at least, with, with Teoscar in right, Julio in center. Uh, and the Mariners are essentially giving him what I think is going to be his last shot to make it work in Seattle this year. If, if it doesn't happen, if it's if it's just the same old Jerry Kelnick or maybe slightly improved, but not anywhere near where he needs to be, I, th- I think this is it for him in Seattle. I think the Mariners, given where they are at right now, have to do whatever they can to get better. They can't afford to wait around for Kelnick to figure it out. Um, but everything that we've seen thus far this spring has been great. So we've talked about him all offseason, Colby. But now that we're here, now that we're very close to opening day, this episode is going to come out six days before opening day starts or before opening day swings around here. So what do you think about Kelnick? What are your expectations for him? Do you have any expectations for him in 2023? I think. How do I word this? Jared Kelnick's going to suck. No, (laughs) Um, I think one, I think one thing that we have to understand is that spring training numbers mean absolutely nothing. They're garbage. They're worthless. However, the path to those numbers, we can extract some information from, uh, and in Kelnick's case, it's pretty clear, you know, new setup, new swing, 
Um, and what we're seeing is a process that is repeatable and has been repeatable since day one of spring training. Those are all really good signs. So while I don't care about the numbers uh, that he's put up at all, I do care about the changes that he's made and about the process. And that appears to be working. So I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I think Kelnick can be, you know, league average at least, uh, which would be a huge significant upgrade over what he's been so far in his career. Um, but there's even more there. I mean, we know about Jared Kelnick. He's an incredibly hard worker. He wants to be great. Um, this isn't an attitude thing. This isn't an effort issue. It's just he doesn't he wasn't equipped with the swing and the setup to succeed at 21, 22 years old, um, which, you know, is true of 95 percent of all big leaguers. So, uh, you know, I, it, I would say based on what I've seen so far this spring, I think there are some legitimate reasons to believe that Kelnick is due for a breakout and mm-hmm. well, breakout to some people might mean, oh, he's he's going to be an all star or something like that. How about we just start with being just an everyday solid player? Yeah. How about a league average hitter? Right. How about if Jared Kelnick's a 100 WRC plus bat this year, he's a three win player because mm-hmm. he's going to hit home runs. He's going to play good defense. He's going to even steal a couple of bags. Like that's yeah. a legit three win player. And when you kind of look at what the Mariners got out of left field last year, that's a huge upgrade upgrade over what they had. So to me, I think the setup is really good. The encouraging part, Kelnick is hitting lefties right now. Yeah, uh, which would be great uh, if he can even just be, just don't be a zero against lefties. You don't even have to be league average against lefties. Just don't be a thirty. Can you be an eighty? Because then you're an everyday mm-hmm. player. If you if you're an eighty against same handed pitching as a lefty, and you're like one ten, one fifteen against righties, you're an everyday player. And and with Kelnick's defense and his arm and his power, I think there's enough that I've seen uh, in his plate appearances that lead me to believe that Kelnick is going to be successful at the major league level this year. So I don't know if that means I'm high on him. I don't know if that means I'm low on him because I don't think he's going to be an all-star or anything right. like that. But, uh, you know, it's the strikeouts are down. He's at a good strikeout percentage. Mm-hmm. He's hitting lefties. He's going up the middle. He's going the other way. He's still pulling the ball with authority. Um, he just looks good. And the setup looks repeatable and the process looks repeatable. And I think he's in a good space. So, I really hope he gets off to a hot start uh, once the season starts. And, you know, mm-hmm. if he could just be get into like April 20th and hit 250, 320, 400 or something like that, yeah. then I think he could really take off because I think a big part of Kalnick's game is what happens upstairs uh, with him. And he just seems to be in a really good spot right now in that regard. We talked about this on our Patreon show a few weeks back. What's stopping Jared Kelnick from being Dalton Varsho? Because mm-hmm. Varsho. You know, the bat hasn't been amazing, right? He was a 4.6 win player this past year, but that was really because of the defense. Like, he was a 106 WRC plus guy. 6% above league average. It's only a 302 on base guy. Like, that's not that impressive, you know? He had 27 home runs. Jerry Kelnick can do that. Stole 16 backs. Jerry Kelnick could probably do that. Like, there is nothing that... that Dalton Varsho does that Jared Kelnick really can't do aside from, you know, catch obviously, <laughs> but uh, Varsho hasn't really done that much lately anyway. So um, I think that's kind of the, the, the comp on the high end for Kelnick in, in 2023, you know, someone that's just a, a slightly above average hitter, which is well above where he's been the last two years and is a great defender. Cause he is that 
last year he was he was amazing in right field like that was a that was a game changer for the Mariners defensively in right field going from Haniger to to Kelnick that was like day and night really and so yeah I, look the the thing for me and I've said this in the past and I'll say it again for anyone that that might have missed it the interesting thing for me here is if he does get out to a hot start if he carries over what he's doing in spring into the regular season to start the year how's he going to react once he does hit that first slump because everyone everyone slumps Julio slumps everyone slumps so when Jared eventually slumps how's he going to respond how's he going to react to that and how is he going to bounce back is he going to let it snowball is he going to get frustrated is he going to show his frustration out on the field again slam his helmet break his bat etc you know and just clearly look like he's pressing or is he going to be able to, you know, learn from the last few years, kind of take a step back, realign himself, and get back into the swing of things? Because that's going to be really important here. I I kind of feel like he will start the year hot, but it's what comes after that for me that right. that's really the, the thing that's important here. And so I'm excited for him, though, because I really like Jared. I'm a big fan of his, and uh, I was really hoping that he would have a, a big moment in the playoffs. Unfortunately, that didn't really come. He had a big catch, but that was about it. Um, had a sack fly in the wild card series. Um, I don't know if I'm I'm missing anything offensively, but yeah, um, you know, I was kind of hoping for that. But you know, I think this this might be the year. And I mean, again, if it's if it's going to happen in Seattle, this has to be the year. Yeah, for him. So. All right, we're going to talk some uh, AJ Pollock and a couple of the other younger guys that might factor into the outfield that are hurt right now, but might make their way up to the major league uh, level in uh, in a few months' time. In just a moment, but real quick, a reminder: this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel fanduel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n to learn more make every moment more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nba and you're listening to the locked on mariners podcast and i actually got through that ad read without my voice giving out so that's cool improvement hopefully uh hopefully that continues here for the rest of the show all right so let's talk about aj pollock who uh is the uh, one of the other few uh, outside additions the Mariners made noteworthy outside additions that the Mariners made uh, this off season. They signed him to a one year, $7 million deal. Uh, he's an all-star caliber player in the, or he's been an all-star caliber player in the past uh, specifically for the Dodgers. He was traded to the white Sox last year, early on last year. Uh, was it during the regular season or right before the regular season? Just was, before I think. Yeah for uh craig kimbrell and uh look the the white Sox in general were uh, a mess last year with you know tony la Russa and all that that was going on there and i i just I, I don't know how much maybe that impacted pollock but it was a, a down year 
for him, uh, particularly against righties. He was still really good against left-handed pitching, but uh, overall his, his numbers were not great because of his struggles against righties. 245, 292, 389 with a 92 WRC+. plus. It's a half win uh, that he was worth per fan graphs. Uh, 138 games that he played, 14 home runs, 56 RBI. Struck out 18.6% of the time and uh, walked 6.1% of the time. So it looks right now, uh, especially with, you know, the injury to Dylan Moore and whatnot, that, uh, and, and what Kelnick's been able to do this spring, that, that Pollock's going to be the primary DH when things get started here. Uh, but the concerning thing for, for me, Colby, is that given the lack of depth right now, given that Tommy LaStella hasn't panned out um, or doesn't seem like he's going to pan out, Pollock's going to end up playing more than he probably should. And he's probably going to see righties a lot more than he should. Now, 2021, he was pretty good against righties. And overall, I think he posted like a 131 WRC plus, 137 WRC plus, which is incredible. So he's only a year removed from that. He's a year removed from being pretty much an all-around hitter. So maybe it was just a, a matter of being in Chicago, not really being in the right headspace. I don't know. Because aside from last year, Pollock has been really good at the plate. And I'm intrigued to see if maybe he can get back to that in 2023. What do you think? I think if you're asking him to play every day, you're asking for him to disappoint you. Mm. Um, he's 35 years old. You know, he's an older player. Uh, I think part of the reason he struggled last year with the White Sox is that he had to play every single day because they had a lot of injuries in the outfield. Um, I don't think that's what you want from Pollock. And I'm a little concerned that the Mariners have <clears throat> kind of set up that scenario where Pollock's going to be playing, you know, six times a week. I, I think that's a mistake, um, which is why I think they need to go get another bat. But uh, I, I still fairly optimistic on Pollock. I don't think he's going to repeat what he did last year. I think, you know, he'll, he'll continue to do what he's done most of his career. He'll crush lefties um, for the most part. And then he just has to find a way to manage against righties because as much as I don't want them to play Pollock every day, you can't avoid him getting bat at bats against right-handed pitching. He's going to have to do that and he's got to find a way to manage. So I, I think he'll be fine. Uh, defensively, he's still pretty good. Um, you know, he, he had a rough time when I was down there, but, uh, defensively, he's still in theory, pretty good. Uh, he can still steal a bag here and there too. He's got some power. So I think Pollock's going to be an important player. I just think that the Mariners should try and do something to make him a little less important by going out and acquiring a primary DH. And I think they thought maybe that was going to be Tommy LaStella, but I mean, you tell me. Yeah, that, that's not a great plan. Um, yeah, so we'll see how it works out. I just, again, you know, we've said this on some other shows. This team is a bat short, whether or not Dylan Moore got hurt, you know? Yep. So that's why we've been pounding the table for some sort of acquisition here. And hey, maybe by the time this episode drops on Friday, it has, uh, because we're getting close to opening day here. So if they're going to do something that's going to have to happen within the next few days. Um, but yeah, so, you know, Pollock, uh, again, I, I just... I, I do wonder how much of that, uh, how much of his 2022 was a, a fluke, really. Because again, going into last year, he was really good against righties. He was great against lefties. He was an all star caliber player. And then last year happened and he just fell off significantly. Like, how do you go from a 137 WRC plus to a 92? Like, we don't really see that that often. 
So, you know, regression is weird, right? Like things like that can happen. It's just inexplicable. And then that's just, that's just who he is. He's just hit a brick wall, but I don't know. Sometimes it's, it's more of a gradual thing or more often than not, it's more of a gradual thing. So yeah, I I just, I kind of wonder if maybe AJ Pollock is this year's Eugenio Suarez, right? Where, you know, with Suarez, it was kind of the, the two years before 2022 were kind of a fluke. And yeah. then we saw what he was able to do once he was playing third full time and all that. So, you know, maybe it's just the the situation. Maybe it's a need of a change of scenery. I know that's kind of cheap and that's a little like um, obvious, you know, uh, but I, I, I do wonder if maybe there's there's something to that. Uh, so let's talk about some other guys that might factor into into the outfield. Um, Sam Haggerty's obviously going to play some corner outfield. Uh, we talked about him in our infield preview that dropped yesterday. Um, he uh, he's probably going to be you know a, a late game defensive replacement if they feel the the need for him, um, pinch runner, and then he'll probably you know start a game maybe two every week. Uh, we'll see how much they use him in the infield, considering the the Dylan Moore injury. And probably a big thing that's going to indicate whether or not they're going to do that is if Mason McCoy makes the roster. Um, because if not, you know, they have played Haggerty at shortstop this spring. They have played him at second base, even though they avoided that last year um, at any chance that they got. But we'll see. Um, Cooper Humble is another guy that's probably going to end up in a corner uh, at some point this year. Um, probably, you know, a game or two here and there. Um, but the guys that I'm really interested in are two guys that are unfortunately hurt right now. And that's Kate Marlowe and Taylor Trammell, who were supposed to essentially be in a competition um, either with each other or with Jared Kelnick as well to, to make this roster. And Trammell obviously gets hurt um, hand injury uh, right before spring training begins. And then Cade Marlowe, who was having a pretty nice spring, suffers an oblique injury, and he's out six to eight weeks, I believe, since the time that he suffered his injury. Uh, so both of those guys are going to need rehab stints. They're going to start the year down in the minors, and we'll see, especially for someone like Tremel, who missed all of spring training, how he's able to respond. We talked about the impact of missing spring training with someone like Dylan Moore uh, on the last episode. But uh, yeah, you know, what do you think these guys um, could bring to the table eventually for the Mariners if they, uh, assuming that they both get healthy and how they might all fit into the big picture? Yeah, certainly some speed, some athleticism, and even some power too. Uh, you know, Taylor Trammell, we've certainly seen power. Uh, Marlowe, we saw for a year, you know. Um, I think that uh, one of the big things you're looking for with those two guys is can they get on base like at all? Right. Because we know Taylor will take walks, but we know he strikes out a lot. And we know that Marlowe and triple a or even double a that, yeah, he, he had great numbers, but he struck out a lot. So can they get on base? It's the hit tool there. We don't know. Um, it's a real bummer with Trammell too. I feel like he was kind of going to, I feel Taylor Trammell was probably going to make this roster. Uh, if he didn't get hurt, just I mean, based shoot, on everything when else you, that happened. Well, and when you listen to Jerry Depoto talk, he like made it a, mm -hmm. a point to bring up Taylor Trammell. He made it a point to bring him up right. when we interviewed him, like and on you know his seven ten appearances and all that. Like right. they were very high on what Trammell was was doing over at Drive Line this off season, and and just how he you know, and also he was pretty good when he first came up in twenty twenty two. 
And he then, hit like an O for 30 slump at the end of the yeah. year and it really drove down all of his numbers. But, you know, Trammell is, is a guy who could be an X factor here and maybe they like him so much that that's the reason why they're not going out and getting another bat. Maybe they envision Trammell being kind of the fourth guy that rotates through that outfield. Because sure. we know that Trammell can play all three outfield spots. You, you probably prefer him in center or left. He doesn't quite have, he doesn't have a good arm. Let's just be honest about it. Um, but yeah, I think Trammell is, is kind of a guy they were counting on and then he got hurt and it uh, it kind of threw everything through a loop and, and Marlowe wasn't that good in the spring games that I, I was able to see. So I, I'm not sure what all the hype about that was. Um, but yeah, those are two guys who could come up and play a pretty big role, especially if somebody like AJ Pollock continues to kind of slide and hit the ages finally cut up with him, or if Jared Kelnick goes out there and he actually does struggle, like you're going to need both of these guys, at least one of these guys yeah. to come up and give you something at the big league level. I think that's more likely than not going to be Trammell. Uh, I just don't trust Marlowe. Uh, the strikeouts are a legit, uh, problem for him. Uh, and I, I think we've seen enough out of Taylor in very small samples to suggest that he might be a guy who pops, just randomly pops. Uh, and yeah, Jerry was was very high on on uh, Trammell. So I feel like on his injury, unfortunately, I, there was a non-zero chance Taylor Trammell was your opening day DH uh, if he had stayed healthy. So it's a bummer, but I still expect Trammell to be involved at some point. Marlowe will wait and see. I just... yeah. I would love to see Marlo go down to AAA and run a strikeout rate, you know, near 22%, 23%, because I don't know if the power is ever going to be to a point where it suggests you can strike out 28, 29% of the time and you'll live with it. So yeah, yeah. we'll see what happens, but I, I think both of those guys are going to see some pretty significant time down in Tacoma before we see them in the big leagues. Agreed. And, you know, Marlowe is interesting, at least from the from the base running and defense perspective. I just don't really know what the hit tool because of what you said there. There's some holes in that swing and the strikeout rates have been very, very high uh, down in the minors where it's just. Again, you know, if he's running a 35, 36, 37, 38, 39 percent strikeout clip at AAA, what's that going to look like in, in Major League Baseball? It's not going down. Like that's, no. that's, that's, that's not the way that thing works. So, yeah. So that's the, that's the big question on him, but yeah, man, I'm so bummed for uh, Taylor Jamal. Cause I think he, I think they might've had some pretty big plans for him to start the year as you, uh, as you alluded to. And uh, that was the guy that I heard a lot about out of uh driveline this off season out of all the guys, uh, out of all the Mariners that went down there. Um, he was the one that I just consistently like was brought up and Jerry DePoto was even leading the charge on that as well. So we'll see once he's able to, uh, to get back here. Um, I think that's, I don't know. I think they're expecting him back in like May, I believe. Um, so we'll see. Hopefully he's able to make it back on time and, uh, get things going, get his legs under him and, uh, get ready to be a part of this thing or at least see if he can be a part of this thing. All right, so any final thoughts here before we wrap up our position preview series, Colby? Go trade for Max Kepler. Mm, that would be cool. That would be very cool. Yeah. Max Kepler, Jared Kelnick, and Julio Rodriguez all in an outfield together with Tay Oscar and Andes DH. In. Yeah. Yeah, I like that idea a lot. Yeah, that would definitely be the best defensive outfield in baseball. Them are the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, Cardinals are pretty good too. Um, all right, so next time you see me, I'm gonna be 
in the U.S. We're going to actually have we're going to be closer in time zones than we've ever been before, Colby. Uh, we're only going to be one hour apart instead of three hours apart. So that's going to make recording better. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Couldn't close that last time zone gap, could you? Mm. I mean, I will for like three days when I'm in Vegas, which is happening right now as you're watching this. But uh, that's uh, we're not recording while I'm in Vegas. So. Oh, well. But uh, but yeah, so I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be down there for the next week of recordings. And then uh, after that, I'll be back here in my normal set. Uh, but we're going to do the whole opening day thing a little uh, out of out of place, a little displaced on, on the Lockdown Marys podcast. But it's all good. Um, yeah. Next week is it. We're, we're, we're right Thursday, here. man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're right here, man. Uh, next week, by the way, guys, we'll do uh, predictions. It'll be a prediction week, pretty much. It's MLB awards, Mariner awards. You know, predicting the standings, blah blah blah, all that yeah. stuff. And also flag week. We'll do a flag episode, I think, uh, maybe on opening day, uh, prior to first pitch. So, yeah, uh, we're almost there, guys. As you're watching this right now, less than a week, six days. Less than a week. Luis Castillo versus Shane Bieber. Go on the Game Time app. Get your tickets mm-hmm. if you want to go to the game. You can still go. I don't know if it's still 30 bucks, but it's 30 bucks right Hashtag now. Hashtag ad. Yeah, yeah, check it out. All right, so that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Titan Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, the C-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and my co-host Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok as well at Locked On Mariners. That's one word, Locked On Mariners. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. It's free and available. Available wherever you get your podcasts, just like us, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And with that, have yourself a beautiful baseball day and a beautiful baseball weekend, and we'll see you next week. Peace.